Tonight, Ali Stuckey joins me to discuss feminism and Christianity. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. so much for I guess inviting me here to your studio your house to film and for talking with us yeah thanks for having me yeah for sure so yours I mean like I love everybody on CRTV I love Crowder and everything but um your show has a special place in Aww, my heart so, so no for sure huge fan and I think like you're really interesting to me and there are a lot of other conservative women that I feel the same way about because you know you're I think empowered would probably be an accurate way to describe you. You have this amazing career, this amazing voice and amazing platform. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're a strong Christian who's very, um, I guess, strong in her beliefs. Now, I don't know if you've gotten this, but as someone who is conservative and talks about Christianity um, and is also critical of the modern feminist movement, I get so many women, um, so many feminists, even male feminists sometimes saying like, oh, well, you know, if you're so against the feminist message nowadays, yeah. why don't you just get back in the kitchen and do what the Bible tells you, which is to shut up? Yeah. And I think that's just uh, a false equation because you're equating empowerment and independence and being ambitious and career oriented with feminism and mm -hmm. those things don't necessarily equate they're not interchangeable and they're not synonymous it is possible to be empowered to think your own thoughts to vote how you want to vote to say what you want to say and do the career that you want to do uh, without being a feminist because there's been this in my opinion this big lie that's been fed to us really for the past few decades that Every single advancement in women's rights that there has been and all there due to feminism. or all due to feminism. Yeah. And that's just not true. If you look at civil rights in general, so civil rights for uh, African-Americans, civil rights for women, um, civil rights for even Japanese Americans after World War II, it's all been a hearkening back to our founding documents. So we were founded on the idea that all men and women are created equal or endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Uh, all of the human rights injustices that we have seen throughout American history, slavery, Japanese internment camps, um, inequality with women, have been a stepping away from our foundation. Right. And every time we have righted those wrongs, it's actually been a going back to our foundation. So people think of progressivism or feminism as uh, the, the right of the writer of all of those wrongs, but that's not really true. We're just going back to actually the idea on which we were founded, and that's true of women's rights as well. Mm -hmm. And I guess from a biblical perspective, um, obviously, like if a lot of people think about Christianity, Christian values, um, the role of the family plays very much into that. And, you know, I'm someone who is a firm believer that motherhood is one of the most important things that women can do, just like fatherhood is one of the most important yeah. things that men can do, right? That's It's not a, I guess... A negative thing to say to say that in my right. opinion um, but I guess when we look at the way that the modern world is trying to tell women how to behave there's a lot a lot of emphasis on things like the career on things like education and those things aren't bad but I think we have gotten to a point where it's not just it's good to do those things but it's also we're doing those things to the detriment of the family so as right. someone who is you know you're educated again successful how do you balance those two things and what do you think scripture says about the way as women we should navigate that yeah so i'm not a mom yet so i can't expertly speak to what it's like to yeah. balance between 
you know, being a mom and being a queer woman. But I do think we live in a really cool time where women can do both and Mm -hmm. when you can kind of find the balance. And in general, women aren't really shamed for doing one or the other or doing both. Um, But it is kind of a complicated relationship. And the women that I've spoken to, particularly the Christian women that I've spoken to that have a career, they are ambitious, but they become moms, is that naturally, it's kind of crazy how God created us, naturally your priorities just begin to shift. It's not that you don't love what you do anymore, but your perspective changes when you realize that it's not all about you. It's not all just about making money, getting fame or recognition or whatever it is, but really it's all about this child and this, I think this new sense of selflessness I've heard just it opens up inside you. You don't realize how much you can love a human being until you have a child and naturally those priorities shift. So what I think that we're supposed to do since God created us that way, particularly women, yes, it's true for men, but not quite as much. Um, I think what we need to do is respond to that change and respond to that natural inclination to nurture that child instead of resist it. I think a lot of women say, you know, that's a sign of weakness. No, I still need to be uh, tough and unfeeling and I need to just go back to my career exactly like I was before. Maybe that's true for some people. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's what you have to do. Maybe you're a single mom. Um, But I think we just need to respond to the natural shift inside of us when we're like, okay, uh, you know, I I want to be the nurturer. I want to nourish this child. I want to raise this child. It's okay. Yes, that's how we were created. Mm -hmm. We're different than men in that. Uh, We don't have the same drive to provide as men do. We just don't naturally. Obviously, the Bible has a lot to say about uh, women's roles or a good amount to say about women's roles. We see a lot of strong women throughout the Bible. Um, Obviously, Esther, Ruth, Mary is a strong woman in kind of a different way than Esther and Ruth is. And so God obviously places, I know I'm talking for a really long time, sorry, a high priority on, on women and women's roles. He obviously values women a lot and even how Jesus treats women how he sees them, talks to them, recognizes them, even when they're in the midst of their shame, like the woman caught in adultery. So God has a very high value placed on women. And we also see in Proverbs 31 that women can and are expected to do both. They're not expected to just clean the kitchen. Um, And so if you want to call the Bible, it's really not feminism. It's really just biblical when we're talking about women who are ambitious, who take care of their household, who also uh, go into the market the way Proverbs 31 does. And Uh, takes care of her community as well and actually makes money for her family. That's not feminism. That's a biblical. Uh, God talks about that, being a good mom, but also uh, taking care of financially as much as you can uh, your family and community as well. So the Bible talks a lot about that balance. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you mentioned the potentially bigoted idea that men are different from women, especially when it comes to our drives. Um, And I think in popular culture, there's this really big push to have strong women in media, which is great. Um, You know, I'm someone who, I liked Buffy when I was growing up. I I saw her as a strong female figure. The the vampire slayer? Yes. I never watched that. (laughs) It's good. I mean, it's campy (laughs) as all heck, but it's good. Um, But as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that when the media talks about strong female figures, they're really talking about women who act exactly like men, right? I mean, if we look at any modern heroine, I don't know, Candace Everdeen, I'm sure there's more than one, but yeah, they, they, they display quintessentially masculine mm-hmm. properties, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're beating people up with Katniss. She's like providing the food for her family, going out there and stuff. Um, do, you, do you think that there's a way that women can portray their strength without just essentially becoming men who are weaker than men? Like yeah. is, is, there, is there such a thing as feminine 
strength that's not physical? Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, what we see in the Bible with the examples that we just talked about, Proverbs 31, with Ruth, with Mary, uh, with Esther, is that they don't forsake their uh, their feminine qualities. They actually use them. Like in the case of Esther, uh, she actually used her beauty to save the Jewish people. She used her, uh, her ability to kind of attract the king and talk to the king about saving the Jewish people. Same thing with Ruth, with mm -hmm. Boaz. She saved her family uh, by using kind of her attractiveness. And I don't want to say her prowess because that sounds cunning or sexual. <laughs> yeah, like seductress. But yeah. that's not what I'm trying to say. But she used who she was as a woman to be able to, you know, attract the kinsman redeemer. And obviously Mary couldn't have... Uh, she couldn't have bore the savior of the universe if she wasn't a woman. And so we see God using uh, these very particular feminine strengths that we have that men just don't have. Uh, Deborah, for example, she didn't forsake uh, being a woman uh, when she was called on to lead. So I think that it's it's definitely possible. It's uh, I've always thought about like what the first female president will be like, and I hope she's someone who owns her emotions mm -hmm. because women are more emotional than yeah. men. They might cry when a man couldn't cry. I hope she's someone that owns her emotions, that she owns being a mom. If she is a mom, that she owns the differences between men and women. I've always thought that that is so much more empowering mm -hmm. to see someone who owns the fact that she is a woman. We have different hormones. We have different makeup. We have different priorities, um, but uses that strength in a unique way. I might differ from some Christians on whether a woman can lead a country. I'm kind of, I don't know, maybe I need to do more research, but I think it would be awesome to see someone who is using her own unique feminine strengths uh, to lead the country in a unique way. Mm -hmm. And I think like with the whole idea of female leadership and I'm someone who like, I like figures like, uh, for example, Nikki Haley, yeah. um, you know, does the fact that she's a woman I guess, change the way that I might perceive her actions versus she was a man. I think maybe it will, like it does. Maybe I need to check my own, I guess, like gender biases to see what, I don't know, what I would view as acceptable qualities in a leader and whether they're gendered. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in terms of female leadership, I don't know if you saw the whole Bloomberg piece about the Me Too movement, but apparently there are men in power and this article is specifically about men in finance who, because of everything that's coming out with Me Too and, you know, I'm someone... Obviously, I'm against uh, using your power to abuse people sexually. I hope that would go without saying. Uh, but there are men now who are so afraid of false allegations yes, or at least the perception of misconduct that they're saying, you know what, I guess kind of like the de facto Mike Pence rule, no, right. no dinners alone with women. Like if you're traveling with them, seats separate, hotel rooms, different floors. Um, now there are women that are saying, well, that's discrimination. How, how do we... How do we deal with this, right? Yeah. Because this this is a, an issue that I think is, I mean, it's gotten a lot of attention now, but it's not necessarily something that perhaps wasn't true before, right? Office gossip was always a thing that affects both men and women, especially when they're working in close quarters. So, right. I mean, what do we do as people who are living in mixed gender workplaces most yeah. of the time? And the reason why I think feminists are saying that that is discrimination and, and they don't like it, and I think in their mind, their solution would be, well, just don't harass or assault us. It's really not that hard. You <laughs> yeah. can do all of those things and and uh, you can still, you know, stay on the same floor as us, sit by us on a plane uh, without harassing or assaulting us. But they're the, denying the reality or denying the fact that uh, false accusations happen yeah. and exaggerations happen and things happen when you get drunk on a work trip and it's just better to avoid those situations altogether. Uh, and they 
don't want to take that road because they want to deny the fact that anyone would falsely accuse someone. But we know that that's true, that that does happen. And I think you might have even said this on Twitter, that it's not wrong for a man to want to protect himself in the same way that a woman should want to protect herself. And if these uh, defenders of Me Too, if these Me Too movement people really do think that men are such uh, terrible harassers and assaulters, they should want these things too. They should say, you know what, I don't want to sit next to him on a plane. I don't want to be on the same... Uh, I don't want to be on the same floor as him because I don't want to be assaulted or harassed. If you really think they're that dangerous, you should want these protections too. But this is this is what happens when movements become so political when they swing a little bit too far. I think. Mm-hmm. And I think like when I look at the Me Too movement, I I get people who when I talk about cri- feminism and criticize it, they're like, ah, oh, think about real issues, blah blah blah. Um, I think this specifically goes to show how feminism, I mean, it may be very unpopular in certain parts of the internet and Twitter and among certain peer groups, but as a social force, it is still very, very much uh, a mover in our culture. But thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us. For people who want to see more of your content, which of course everybody will, where can they go to find you? Yes, you can subscribe to Relatable, that's my podcast. Uh, Of course, wherever you can watch the video, wherever you also see roaming. Um, and I think it's blazetv.com now. Um, So you can go there, but you can also subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Omni.com. It's called Relatable by Ali Stuckey, and you can catch up on all my episodes. Great, and again, thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and we hope to see you next time.